Can a marriage survive infidelity? We dig deep to explore this thorny question. Join me, Jean-Claude Chalmet, and founder of The Place Retreats and a featured columnist for The Times, with Amy Cooper and Louise Daniels, on The Place Retreats podcast. Search Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite Android app. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back to your next episode with me, Louise. And me, Amy. So can we just start by uh, addressing the new social distancing rules that legally come into place from... Monday the 14th of September which is the day this episode's going out yeah um, so do you understand them Amy have you got any questions because I've I've actually done my research are you um, like the oracle at this I'm point pretty much yeah expert, I mean yeah. Um, I can barely keep my head around the emails that are coming from school yeah. about what shoes need to be worn and what equipment needs to be taken and what, I, I like yeah okay. so what what what's changed right okay I mean obviously um, I, I should just sort of say you know obviously look up the proper actual guidelines disclaimer but, yeah, yeah. Does not know what the fuck she's talking I about. I do, I do. Basically, <laughs> you can't socialise in groups of more than six people indoors or outdoors unless you all live together or you're in a bubble. Now, I had forgotten what a bubble was. So, um, a, a bubble is just for single people. So, a single person oh. can join a family of six, taking the total up to seven. That would be okay. fine, um, or vice vice versa. Um, and they would be allowed to gather in your in your home or garden. But if there are six of you in your house. Um, that's it. You can't get together with anyone else. So, so like, three couples could go for dinner inside or outside a pub. They could, they as could. long as they haven't got any kids with them. Right. So, okay. You know, for so my best friend and I were talking about, for example, um, there are five in her house. There's her, her husband, and three kids. If she wanted to invite Paul and I over, only one of us could join her and her family. Right. Uh, you know, unless I was just. But what I was wondering is, do you think you're allowed to? What if you shut? Um, the children in their bedrooms. You know, are you? Is that illegal? Is it false yeah. imprisonment? Because that then, what, what about? Yeah, exactly. If, if you, you had somebody on a different bedrooms, floor, yeah, don't let them out. Mm. Um, then surely, then. But I don't know. I don't know. That's where. Yeah. That, that's and a grey area. How enforceable is that? Really? I mean, that's the other thing, isn't it? I mean, quite it, enforceable. You could just lock your kids in their bedroom. No, I was going to say, oh. how how can they police what people are doing? How can they? Well, what would they knock on the door? They'd knock on the door. Or, or, or your nosy neighbour would. Then? Have they got to have a search warrant? <laughs> your nosy neighbour has got a number yeah. that they can call. Yeah, yeah. because that's the thing. Someone's going to dob you in. Mm. Um, and that then, so then you've got to weigh up. I mean, if that's if you're locking people in rooms or garages or something, <laughs> that's false imprisonment. And I was the, what occurred to me then is you've got to think about the 
are you going to break the law that way or through the social distancing? Mm. Um, which one do you think you'd get more, more time for, I suppose, is what you've got to kind of weigh up. These I mean, are the questions at, at this point, answering. I'm thinking the, the, the crime that's going to get me more time is the crime I'm going to do because I just <laughs> fancy some me time. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, just... just <laughs> Ideally, getting my meals brought to me through a hatch, yeah. that would be fine. Yeah, no, I mean, in all away. seriousness, hasn't this come about because of the raves mm. and uh, and that's how people... It, it, that's that's what's happening with the spike, isn't yeah. it? And also, they're worried about kid, the, all the kids going to university and yeah. having parties. So they're not really looking for yeah. people like you and me. We but, can probably have a couple of extra people in our house and get away with it. But, oh, that's terribly... I know that's, that's really, really irresponsible. irresponsible. <laughs> I'm not like, yeah. Jesus, yeah, no. I've just, and, I, you know... And I also, you know, I can't be the only one getting anxious about Christmas because basically, mm. um, uh, so we should have 14 people for Christmas. Um, so that would That's, be really yeah. taking the piss. Obviously, I'm not going to do that if we've still got these. Could you walls. have them on two separate floors? <laughs> you've got a you've got a little driveway. Could you or, set a little table up there under a gazebo? Uh, maybe. Or, or I was thinking of doing um, shifts, two you sittings, know, two sittings. <laughs> you know why not? Just make life really hard. Yeah, like the myself. harvester, all yeah. you can eat. Because otherwise, there's going to be five of us like yeah. in our house um, uh, with you know my older kids coming home. Uh, so then, do I say to my mum and dad, "Well, just one of you can come"? Yeah. yeah. I mean, which one is your favourite? Yeah, I mean, that's that's tricky, isn't it? Yeah, I'd have to think <laughs> about that. Yeah, I, you know, I just, I don't, I, these are all things. But, yeah. but basically, I did just want to clear up, because if anyone's like me and was a bit muddled, you know, that's um, that's it, really. Six people, no more. Mm. Doesn't matter whether they're your family or what, you know, that, that's all you're allowed. So, um, uh, but also, I wanted to ask you about your week, because you've had a really big week. And yeah. I think, first of all, I don't think we've ever had a chance to explain to people that listen to the podcast what it is that you started doing a year ago in your early 40s, which is quite incredible. Yeah. I think. So would you... So, so it wasn't a complete bolt out of the blue pre-kids you know like you remember BK <laughs> when you know when you just had your life I was pursuing a career in acting singing performance so I had an agent I came down to London thinking that the pay the, yeah. the, the you know the streets were paved with gold and found out pretty soon that that wasn't the case <laughs> so you know a couple of auditions and terrible me too couch uh, director's couch moments later oh Ooh. that that we could go into that that would be a whole other tangent that would be fun wouldn't it guys yeah. <laughs> um so yeah obviously like you're saying I, uh, we've got this whole thing haven't we you come up for air your mm. youngest kid goes into into school full time and it's and i've been writing and i've been doing little videos online um and writing stuff and doing performances i just like getting dressed up and doing stupid things and acting and stuff and um but i started doing stand-up comedy um about a year ago yeah. and you know that would mostly entail me getting on the train um you know going into london sort of doing five minutes and most of the time dying on my ass and you know like like if you do follow me on instagram we guys we've been through it haven't we you know yeah. i will sit in my car or on the train yeah. if it's gone badly sometimes with a big cornish pasty at like eleven thirty, yeah. and people can tell just by the little bit of carrot hanging out yeah. the side of my mouth oh shit <laughs> that didn't go well and then and then i'll come out of a gig another time and again these are little open mic uh, it's just it's the op it's not just the open mic circuit it's the open mic circuit where you try stuff and it fails and then you try something else and then it fails a bit less and then you know and then, and then eventually sort of getting to the point where um I was kind of coming out of those gigs and going oh my god it worked you know that yeah. worked and it was good and and I've 
been booked to do something else and yeah mm. it's been it's been good. I mean it's it's been knackering because mm. obviously no matter how late I get that stellar artois train out mm. of London Bridge to Tunbridge Wells this is pre-covid getting up for the school run the next morning yeah. but just buzzing yeah. because just just loving it but and you just... really enjoyed it because it's that was scary I can't I can't think of anything worse than yeah. having to stand up and do that but you know but you but but then lockdown happened and everything mm. so that all stopped and I know you were doing a lot of zoom stuff um but this week you've gone back to yeah. live, live stand up yeah, so yeah. I've had a couple of sort of what felt like you know we've all had those moments haven't we either in our career or in relationships or in life where you feel like oh this is one of those big moments in the in the words of RuPaul don't fuck it up you know and <laughs> and, and, and uh, I had a gig with um and, and headlining the gig was friend of the show Richard Wilson mm-hmm. so you know he he's a proper comedian mm. sort of paying his bills uh, you know and established comedians mm. and whilst you know it's not like they're going to make a massive difference to my career it's just sort of like it's quite important that this doesn't turn into a Cornish pasty yeah, 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 moment yeah, yeah. Amy yeah. so keep it together but yeah. obviously I've, I've not done it live since in March so just before I'm going on I felt like I was going into labour I I was kind of like my heart I could hear my heart thudding in my ears and I was like shit like the adrenaline but not in a good way you know like Kylie probably feels before she goes on (laughs) you know this is in a in a pub garden in East London Um, but do you know what I just you know I was opening and that's also that's also a a quite a tricky slot I do a character act so you've kind of got to get on board with it within the first seven seconds or it's a long five minutes and thankfully the stars aligned I don't know and it just yeah it just all clicked and everybody just everyone loved the silliness of it and just loved it and yeah and can I ask when you do your so you do your you do characters don't you and I did see recently on Instagram stories you were thinking about doing more observational stuff yeah as me um, as just yeah. as you because yeah. that you you really make me laugh when you're being you know your observational stuff well really, thank you, you, know, that you but as you funny. just said before i couldn't that scares the shit out of me does it that does, does so, it? so what you right. just said about so for me i guess it is about sort of hiding behind that yeah, character because yeah, yeah. it's like oh yeah yeah oh oh that must have been difficult yeah. <laughs> like, i separate i've yeah. basically got like a can I have professional bipolar where I'm just kind of like that wasn't me that must must suck are you alright and do you learn do you have to have it all in your head like the words do you because you know what I'm like I can't even sit here and have a discussion with you without my notes I've got a um, Whereas you just sit there and chat and it's all just, you rely on your brain, which I, I can't well, do anymore. this is why we make the perfect I'm perimenopausal and you're not, so we've discussed that before. So. No, I have I have um, recently said that I think I've got dementia <laughs> because I, I sometimes just have these moments. No, that's and, and I guess, That's the start oh, of it. Oh, shit, that's it the start isn't it? it. Yeah. yeah. That's the start of it, yeah. But yeah. anyway, I, do I, you... I sort of have a parameter. So uh, within my... Within that character, I know that, uh, you know, if I'm doing a little bit of work with somebody in the audience, as in work, oh, God, that sounds so wanky, but I'm (laughs) going to go up to them and interact with them and we're going to go off script now. Yeah, but that's, like, for me, in that character, I love that because that's when the funny bits come. Now, obviously, when that, if that, you never know what that's going to be. And I'm still, listen, I'm sitting here like, um, you know, um, I don't know, a a veteran (laughs) comedian or something. I've literally been doing it for a year in the real life and then six months on Zoom, which is a different muscle and skill altogether. Um, uh, But yeah, it's sort of like, if this bit, 
if we run into a cul-de-sac, me and this audience member, I know that I can get back to what I was saying because I've got a little route in my character have to you, get back to, to what I'm doing. God. But sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't, you know. And it, yeah, it's... Um, it's made me tense just imagining doing it. I would just be... I wouldn't have been able to have this conversation with you, like... <laughs> before this gig because yeah. because sometimes it's like you're on the tightrope if you really think about how the tightrope works and how high it is and what foot placement yeah, and yeah. it's just like ah oh, don't don't, no. don't analyze it too much yeah. but yeah it's it is you know it, it I, i'm loving it and i'm in a very you know I, i'm so fortunate that i've got my mom who and and Dan, my mm. husband, is working at home at the moment. But everybody helps me. Helps I mean, so a, a, Amy, can... everyone's just sort of putting together to help Amy not have another brain down. <laughs> God. <laughs> no, I'm well. laughing, but it's really not that far <laughs> from the truth. Of course, no, no. It's not, I think it's just like like we all, you know, when you you, you have your kids and you raise them mm. and you do that bit, and then they sort of don't need you that much anymore. And it's kind of like. Oh, what are you? What's going to happen now? What are you doing now? And yeah, uh, I, I will get a proper job at some point. But at the moment, I'm I'm enjoying writing something. And as you yeah. said, I you know you talk about not shitting on your own doorstep. Doorstep. I did a beautiful, beautiful turd on my own doorstep last night. As in, it was it went really well, oh, and good. I did a gig um, sort of so a, mi- a mile running. down a I mean, mile down the road. This is just like you've had like months of not being able to do it, and then suddenly you're two nights running. You've got to yeah. You know, go and you know, throw yourself into that, and that went really well last night. Yeah, yeah? it did. It, it was, it was just. I think again, it was sort of like, oh, like home, home turf. Yeah. Um, I, I, I sort of, I did, I, I, I did the thing that was out of my comfort zone, which is getting up as me and welcoming everyone and thanking oh. them for buying tickets and coming and hoping that everyone felt safe and comfortable but yeah. we're out and we've got matching shoes on <laughs> yeah um, but so yeah and just yeah just that energy from everybody I think everyone was well up for it and yeah the, the venue local venues are here which is just stunning it's mm. just it's beautiful it's mm. outside it's like an amphitheatre and um, so it all just came together yeah and Fabulous. yeah well I've heard great things about it from oh, thank other, you, mate. other people yeah. so um, so uh, this would lead us quite nicely into introducing um, our guest uh, for for this week mm. um, uh, just that sort of you know that you decided you know to pursue your dream to to go right what do i need to do to to make this happen you know what's the path i need to take and you know yeah and being um, aligned as well we're talking talking about alignment weren't we you know Mm. just sort of like and yeah um yeah evolving Mm, yeah yeah. so um our guest this week is uh someone i originally came across through my um with my other hat on as a birth worker about uh, 12 years ago because I'm an antenatal teacher and a, and a doula um, and her name is Mars Lord and she is an award-winning doula, a birth worker, educator and activist um, and I've seen her speak many times and mm. every single time I've come away I just I like it's a real treat yeah. to hear her speaking about anything pretty mm. much um and um but obviously because she's mainly she, up until now her work has been around birth mm. that hasn't been um relevant to to midlife as, as as such although I know you know some women in midlife are having babies but it, it, Cra- it didn't really crazy. I didn't feel that I could actually really shoehorn her in <laughs> um so anyway there was a, a day a, a month or so ago where she said on her Instagram account she was making an announcement and I 
I don't know why I had something in my head. I had a suspicion that it was going to be um, announcing that she is going to be doing coaching mm. and using her years of experience. And what to... it was such a great translation of her skills yeah. from what she was interested in before. Absolutely. Into yeah. what she's interested Absolutely. in now. Absolutely. Yeah. So she's 54 now. She's a mother of five and a grandmother too. Um, and as I say, she's someone, you know, if you go and if you hear her speak, you know, when you in the audience, there are always uh, massive sort of light bulb moments. Mm. Um, and you know that you're going to learn something and um, you know so I was very excited to hear I was sort of watching watching waiting for the announcement that she's branching out into coaching because that gave me a legitimate reason to ask her onto this midlife podcast Ready to pop the question? The jewellers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome, Mars Lord. Hi, thank you for having me. Hi. Thank you for coming. Um, As I said, I've only ever known of Mars through birth work. And so um, I was very excited to hear that she's branching out or expanding on what she does into into coaching now, uh, because that gave me a legitimate reason to um, ask her if she'd be on this midlife podcast. Um, Mars, you're 54, is that correct? No, 53. Um, but no that's fine because actually it's normally me that adds a year to my age and I have absolutely no problem being my age except for when I'm halfway down the stairs and I go 53 (laughs) (laughs) okay so Miles is 53 Uh, she's a mother of five um, and now a grandmother too so how old is your grandson about 10 months so yeah he turned 10 months last week he is a ball of fat nibbling joy who has really, really come into his personality in the last couple of weeks. Including pushing your arm away when he doesn't want to be cuddled and demanding (laughs) your arm is pulled back when he does. (laughs) (laughs) And how was it over? You must have... Were you not able to see him during lockdown? No. They don't live with you? No, No. it was a lot of um, video chat. And so... But I speak, but what's been good about that is the habit that it's created within my daughter. So I get my video chats with him every day. Oh, wow. Um, well, that's good. But, <laughs> yes, the first thing I did when we were allowed to see people 
was go and grab that bundle of oh, fatness. And I'm I'm oh. sure my daughter has a name, but I've long forgotten it because <laughs> Raphael is the only one that I care about. <laughs> oh, that's so oh, accurate. I'm sure so many people are listening going, yeah, that's, uh, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> Just to carry on introducing you a bit, Mars, you know, mm. you're someone who, you know, when you speak or write, I, I feel that there is there are light bulb mo- moments always for your audience, um, you know, in abundance. So, you know, um, um, personally, you know, if I sit down and listen to you or read something that you've ri- that, that you've written, you know, I kind of I know I'm going to learn something and I know I'm going to enjoy it well as well. You're a great speaker. Thank you. You're very funny, very wise knowledgeable but and before we talk about your new venture can you just tell us a bit about your your background so you've already told everyone that I'm a mother of five we stopped at two third ignored the contraception we thought we'd have one more whilst on holiday came home the next day decided maybe not and it was twins (laughs) I know but I mean it is lovely having having all of them but when the twins were little I went to a coffee morning, which I hate, but I just wanted to have a cup of tea in peace and I knew that people would hold the babies. So I handed over the babies and overheard a conversation about doulas. I found it quite fascinating and I went off and did a bit of research and then I did a course and decided that, yep, doulaing was for me, even though the last thing in my mind was to be working with mums and babies. And... Mm. I just fell completely and passionately in love with it. And the more I did it, then I realised that as a twin mum, that twin mums needed more support. So I started to specialise in that. But Mm -hmm. I kept looking around and I couldn't find other black and brown doulas. And I couldn't see black and brown women being supported by doulas. And that was just something that I really, really wanted to develop up and specialise in. Uh, which brings mm. me to where I am today, where I do a lot of birth activism and reproductive justice, because mm. um, some may have heard the statistics, but black women are five times more likely to die in the perinatal period than white women mm. in the West. Mm. So it's not something that happens over there. It happens here in the UK. Mm. Yeah. And um, so... That moved me naturally on to training doulas, particularly black and brown doulas. But I do train white doulas as well. And I find that when they come out of the end of my training, they're all birth activists and they're all really keen for reproductive justice. And so I feel like what abuela doulas, and abuela is Spanish for grandmother, because I believe in bringing the wisdom of the grandmother forward to modern birth. But when they come out of abuela doula training, you know, they should be able to work with anyone, with Mm -hmm. any group and be inclusive. And a lot of people say, well, I'm sure all doulas do that, but actually they don't Mm. because particularly in light of um, the, the recent social conscious awakening movement. Yeah. People are beginning to say, oh, Mm. there are things that are happening that we're not aware of. Yeah, so c- can you uh, just embellish on that a little bit? Why why black doulas for black mothers? Why why is that important? I mean, I think I'd probably understand, but people might not understand because why. Because representation matters. Because if mm. you have a black doula and you feel or see that your healthcare professional is treating you badly 
and making assumptions about you because of the colour of your skin, because of your ethnicity. Mm. The doula that looks like you mm. isn't going to brush it off and say, no, no, not black women, all women, which I've heard so many times over the years by so many people who... It surprised me that they're the ones who've said it. And it doesn't mean that black and brown people can't be cared for by white doulas. But no one raises an eyebrow when a French woman wants a French doula or a Russian woman wants a Russian doula. The eyebrows only go up when black people say, well, actually, I want a black doula. Mm. And I think Mm. my best personal experience of it was when I was having my third baby and she was just about to be born and I just went into that space of complete panic. Mm. And it was a Jamaican midwife. And she said to me, you just need to trust me. Breed your baby out. And it sounded like my mum. And I was completely <laughs> at home and safe and in a place mm. of trust. And I breathed and my baby came out. Mm. Because I was represented in that room. My mother, in many ways, was in that room. My cultural heritage was in that room so it was really I just felt really safe and when I work with black and brown clients I've seen the way that they've been treated I've heard the way that they've been treated prior to my arriving at their side and just recently I had a lovely Asian woman with her white husband and he sent me a message this was the literally three hours after I got home from the birth asking me to come back to the hospital. He said he couldn't, I had to read the email because he couldn't say it out loud. I read the email and the midwife who had been there booking in midwife was the midwife in charge of looking after them that day and that she had been incredibly racist and treating his wife incredibly badly. And they wanted me to come back and spend the day so that one, I could bear witness and two, they knew that I would mitigate that. And by the end of the day, her treatment had improved so dramatically. People were coming into her room and speaking down to her. And by the time they left the room, they were speaking to her like she was, for want of a better phrase, a normal human being. Mm. I mean, the thing mm. is, I'm just thinking about in that moment when you do go into labour and you go in, and I'm thinking about the whole gaslighting thing that goes on. And actually, without somebody there to say, uh, no, this is what's happening. It, it, that that gaslighting um, sort of risk is so much more you, you, because you don't know what you're doing. You, you don't have clarity of thought when you're in so much pain, do you? Exactly. And if you're and people say, well, you've got a partner with you, but if it's your first time on the journey, how does your partner Absolutely. know that you're being gaslit? How does your partner know that actually you have choices? There are things that you can decline that you can ask questions and you shouldn't be shot down for asking questions because you want to make informed decisions. It's, um, we could do a whole podcast just about this subject, couldn't we? I mean, yeah. there's, there's, yes. just so, there's so much there. Put two white women doing that probably wouldn't be the, the best thing, but I'm just, it's such a massive, deep subject, isn't it? Um, I mean, I guess lockdown in all of its manifestations has been a time for thought and reflection. And, and I, I know that it has been, uh, for you particularly, Mars. Mm. Could you talk us through sort of um, you know, those those uh, those times and the understanding for you that has come out of this time, and I guess led on to the to the to the coaching decision, has it? Yeah, it has. It was really strange. I mean, I think I read somewhere that Generation X—that's us. 
um, were built for lockdown because actually I've really kind of <laughs> I've really kind of enjoyed it. The slower yeah. pace, yeah. And the, the chilling out a bit more. You know, the the restrictions to where I can and can't go. Not so much, but the, mm. you know, the slowing down and the slowing of the pace. But at the very beginning, I had a couple of clients who were due to have babies. And, of course, the immediate response from the hospitals were, no one can come in except for the person who's giving birth, which, yeah. you know, touching very briefly back on where we were, has mm. led to some more hidden abuses. But mm. so my first client... Uh, I wasn't allowed to go in with them, so I supported them virtually, constantly on the phone, text, etc., supporting them through that. Then the second couple, I was allowed to go in, but on the day there was a change of mind and I wasn't allowed to go in, so again I had to support them virtually. And it was just the time that I spent talking to them prior to this, making sure that they were prepared for if I wasn't allowed to come in, how to get them and their partners sorted. So a lot of that was going on at the very beginning. And because I trained doulas, I suddenly realised that I would have to cancel all my trainings because we wouldn't be able to meet face to face. So I think I spent the first month and a half, two months of lockdown, not talking to a lot of people, putting my head down and just getting my courses online and whilst I was doing that I, I started to think about what lockdown meant for me personally and what did it mean for the way that I work and the way that I wanted to work going forward and I found that I've really enjoyed having my courses online. I do miss the face-to-face, -face. I love people, I love, I'm quite tactile so you know mm. it's a bit strange to not be able to touch people but the online courses have been going well because we've still managed to build up the same rapport etc but mm. moving forward I kept thinking what do I do now and then I just thought well I'm perimenopausal so my memory's a little bit shot from time to time <laughs> um, and actually do I really want to be menopausing on a hospital floor <laughs> whilst whilst my client is you know getting ready to give birth so so there I am sort of and this is all in my imagination so there I am with my client is saying I'm not sure I can do this and there I am sort of fanning myself going that's all right for you <laughs> but I'm about to explode in a ball of heat you know and, and the more I thought about it, the more I thought actually do you know what? I need to think about what I'm doing because actually I'm training these incredible group of doulas who come at it with a fresh energy mm -hmm. and you know and I thought oh maybe I'll just do less births yeah. But what lockdown did, so normally if I don't do a birth for even a few weeks, I get a bit antsy mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh, come on, you know, yeah. I've got this big gap. Why have I got a big gap? I need, you know, to be working in the world of birth some more. And I realised that I was missing it less because yeah. I was really enjoying the change of pace. But yeah. I was, I wasn't missing it because... I was talking to these fabulous people who were coming through the training and talking about their hopes and their dreams and their plans for doulering 
and I'm mm. helping them to just solidify their thoughts, clarify their direction. Yeah. You know, and, and I kept thinking, I really enjoy this bit. Whenever I've heard you speak and I've seen you in person at various things, last March was the last one at the Let's Talk Birth mm. conference. Um, and then I've obviously watched you on, you know, um, uh, online speaking as well. So, but, and, and actually, when I was saying earlier about, I, I always know I'm going to learn something. And Often, um, I would say it's not just learning about facts, although that is that does happen. But but I think you have a way about you where you kind of do uh, you get people to go away and be considering things in a different way. So maybe they're learning a bit about themselves too. These doulas, yeah. sound, that's what it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. And mm. I just realised that I really enjoy that bit. Yeah. And I thought, well, I've been doing this for years. You know, whether mm. it even before I was training doulas, when I was mentoring doulas, and even before I was mentoring doulas, because before I became a, a, an official mentor with the doula organisation that I used to belong to, mm. I was mentoring people, you know, yeah. just... Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I would often yeah. get a phone call. Because it's what comes naturally to yes. you. So, yeah. And yeah. so what lockdown did was make me start to think about what things do I want to be doing in sort of as I move towards a retirement mm. or whatever a retirement looks like? And what's going to allow me to spend more time with that fat ball of flesh? Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah priorities ch- change, don't they? Yeah. I guess. They do. Uh, yeah. They mm. do. And when you're a doula, you know, you have to be within 90 minutes of your client. Yeah. You have mm. to sort of block off four or five weeks in your diary where there are things that you can't do there are places that you can't go because if you go then you're not going to be in easy reach of your client or you'll be in the middle of doing something and then the call comes to go to a birth Mm -hmm. and I want to be able to you know say yeah I'll spend two days with Rafi this week him and I yeah. can hang out without calling my daughter back and saying, yeah, really can't do it, actually. I've got to run to a birth. No. And it's not because I don't love the birth work. And it's not because that isn't wonderful stuff, because it really is. But actually, I've trained so many people that can be doing it mm. that me stepping back isn't a hardship. And I had to sit with that and think, well, how does that make me feel? Because I've been a doula for over 15 years and it wasn't a career I looked for, but it was one that I loved immediately that it started. And for a long time, I couldn't imagine. I, I used to say to people, I'll do my last birth and then they'll just wheel me down to the morgue. <laughs> well, it sounds like you had a calling, Mars, but now it looks like you've got you've had a calling to do something else. And as you were saying, I guess the when you just take out the very specifics of the birthing fact, but then you have this all-encompassing kind of mentoring approach. You yes. you, you are able to kind of pivot slightly into uh, coaching. So who who is your coaching for? Would you say is it for anyone doing anything, or do you are you a is it a I bit think, more targeted? I think my my coaching is mainly for women. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, women that sort of 
see the glass ceiling or if you're black the concrete ceiling and you know that just maybe like me are redefining where they are and who they are or people Mm -hmm. that have come to a stage in their work or their business and they don't know how to just push through Mm -hmm. to the next stage so it's not that they're standing still and it's stagnant but they're not free-flowing either. Mm. And so it's for people to just say, okay, let's find a way to get you to look at where you are and decide where you want to be. When I heard that you were going to be offering coaching uh, you know, beyond the birth world, I, I did, I think I said in my email, I, 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 I th- think I'd heard you say it on an Instagram live and then saw that you were waiting to announce something and I was thinking, I it's going to be some sort of, you know, coaching. And, you know, and I just thought, you know, that will be good. That will be worth doing. It will be amazing because I think I know enough about you to know that what, you know, you're going to be doing will probably be life changing for, for people. Years ago, someone had suggested to me that I'd make an excellent life coach. And I remember laughing and I just said, yeah, whatever. And my mother has always said to me, you have a lot of knowledge and you like to share it. <laughs> and so, you know, and she's convinced that they'll bury me talking. I remember telling a midwife that once and um, it went right over her head. She said, no, but you'll be dead. Mm. I just thought, that yeah, you're not like my, my audience members. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're not my target audience. No, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> and, um, and I have watched people, I have watched people come into the birth world and make a quick buck in the birth world. People that don't really know the birth world, don't really know how it works, the ins and out of birth, etc. But they've made some money there and then they've targeted an audience. And then once that audience has been saturated with them, then they go off and they move and they do something else. And I keep thinking to myself or kept thinking, God, emperor's new clothes or what? Mm. And mm. I don't know, maybe part of that was my own sense of, well, I could do that better. And who do I think I am to be some kind of life coach when this is what a life coach <laughs> looks like? And this is nothing that I want to look like. This is the antithesis of what I would want to be. So I've, I've watched people come in and I've watched these tiny microscopic changes. And then I've watched everything go back to what it was before and people mm. with empty pockets. So I've always been a bit sceptical, but then I'm a black woman and we are taught without being taught that you don't go to a therapist, you don't talk to people about things, you get on with your own business, Mm. which is probably one of the reasons why we have such high rates of, just only one of the reasons though, of um, poor mental health. Mm. So the sceptic in me was always there until I realised that a friend of mine who had become a coach had started gently coaching me. (laughs) (laughs) And I said to her, you're quite good at this, aren't you? (laughs) Because I'm quite stubborn and a bit rebellious. I remember a family member telling me when I was younger, you should become a lawyer. And I'd wanted to be a lawyer or a teacher. And as soon as he said that, that was it. Oh, wasn't good. That's God. it. And that was the end of that. I never. So was your friend sort of sneakily coaching you because she knew that if she said, "Why don't I give you some coaching?" you'd say to her, "Possibly." Oh, you know, piss off. She was, you know, <laughs> we were psychology. Yeah, yeah, we were just, you know, we were really good friends, and we would sit and we would chat, and she would start to ask me why I was thinking something or what 
what those thoughts were making me do and why I was work, walking in different directions. And then before I knew it, I would have sort of outlined a few things <sighs> and then said, actually, no, that's not what I want to shout. Right, OK. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. oh. But I th- at the beginning, I thought, what a great friend. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then during lockdown, she said to me, so this has been going on for a fair wee while. And then I watched yeah. her coaching practice grow. And I realised that, of course, there are those with the Emperor's new clothes. Mm. But they're just the flashy ones at the front. Mm. Yeah. And behind them are the ones who are actually doing the work and the ones who are seeing people's lives transformed. Yeah. And I yeah. thought, I could do that. And then she said to me, I don't even remember what we were chatting about. And she suddenly said, you're really enjoying this training, aren't you? I said, oh, God, I love it. Lights me Mm. up. And she said, yeah, you know you're a coach. (laughs) What? (laughs) You know you're a coach. I said, oh, don't be ridiculous. And she said, you're a coach, Mars. How does that make you feel? I went, don't be silly because it's all... uh, well, oh, well, actually, um, yeah, yeah, oh. But it's what you've been doing, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. You know I mean? It's not like you suddenly went, oh, I fancy doing that. It, this is it's the same uh, skill feeling set, I get. Isn't it? It's just yeah, and it's just evolved organically into into this yes. now. Yeah, so. and so she started this train of thought inside of me. And then I said to her, now, look, Maisie, what I need to do is, she said, why do you need to do those things? And she said, well, you know, if I'm going to become a coach, what I need to do is, and I started listing all of these things. She said, she said, why do you need to do those things? And I said, well, because, oh. And then I started breaking them down while she sat and listened. And I just said, oh, actually, I don't know. And then we came to the place where I suddenly said, because I'm so used to people needing certificates. I'm yeah. so used to people needing to, evidence almost. Yes, yeah. to, to, get, to get the receipts of what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And then she said, and when you started mm-hmm. your doula training, training doulas, what did you do? And I said, well, I'd already left the doula organisation that I'd belonged mm-hmm. to because... I didn't feel safe there as a black woman. I knew I would be training black and brown people particularly. So I didn't want them in an organisation where they didn't feel safe. So I went and did it anyway. And she said, and where are your certificates? (laughs) I know. Well, you're absolutely right. Yes, of course. Uh, You know, um, when I started being a doula, I was with the same organisation and and thought that I needed to have that um, certificate. And... uh, but after a while, very quickly realised I didn't need to be paying uh, an annual subscri- you know, fee yes. to... Yeah, like, is, is the certificate for, for what? thing just a racket? Is, is that just what that think, is? Like, I don't... I think it could be well, a but, but, Well, it, 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 it depends, doesn't it? But actually, yeah, you you don't need certificates and things now. You've, you've proved... You know, people, you've got a backlog of, oh, I don't know, what uh, you know, experience. Yeah. And, you know, and I just... I just thought you're so right. And at no stage did any of my clients ever ask me so let's see a for a certificate or for my CV. <laughs> oh, oh, one of the things that I do when I'm training 
doulas. I say, look, go and look at some other doula sites and tell me what you like and don't like about them. And then they all come and say, so I must make sure that I've got a page that lists all my training. And I'm like, do you honestly think a pregnant woman cares about that? Yeah. And they said, what? I mean, who are you writing it down for? Are you writing this down for their benefit or for yours so that you can tick your list? And the more I... And because Maisie had put this bloody idea in my head, I started to think. I started listening to what I was saying to the people that I was mentoring, and they're not all doulas because people had started approaching me from different places. I've got a couple of actresses of that I mentor, yeah. and I suddenly thought, "Wait, that's what I'm doing." Mm. Looking to list my CV mm. to say. <laughs> Please like me, please like me, please like me. And yet when I first created my website, my um, original web designer, she said to me, Mars, the problem with your website is this, because I'd given her all the copy. She said, I love the images, etc." She said, but it really reads like you're choosing your clients. And I said, yes, that's exactly Mm. what I'm doing. And so (laughs) I knew that whenever someone booked me, or whenever someone inquired to book me, there was a 90 to 95% chance they were going to book me. And the only thing that would prevent them from booking me would be the money. Because mm. my website said who I was. I said who I was, you know. Mm. And so I would get emails saying, Dear Mars, I love red wine. I love the theatre. I'm always thinking outside of the box. And, you know, and, it's, and it really was a pick me, pick me. And I thought... Yeah. So with Maisie saying this to me, you're a coach. Is this Maisie Hill? Yes. Yes, right. Okay. You really should yeah, talk yeah. to her. Um, but yes. what she'd done was, so one of the things that she does in her work is she tells you to harness your hormones and use your cycle and to, mm. you know, to look at the best places, best points in your cycle in which to make decisions. And her fa- one of her favourite phrases, you just need to bleed on it. So as you're having your bleed... <laughs> You're just Brilliant. releasing things and you're just, and these ideas are flowing, etc. <laughs> so I just, you know, I spent a little bit of time and to those that are like, she said what? Honestly, it works. Um, and so I just, all of these memories, things that I did, that I was doing, people that I was talking to, changes that I'd seen in people's lives, in their businesses, I went, oh. And then that was it. And so before I could stop myself, I posted, I'm going to make an announcement soon about my pivot. <laughs> and I did and that. Once you do that, once yeah. you do that, you know that it's it, like you have to follow through then. Yes. Once yeah. you've committed on social media. Yeah. And it just yeah. made me really excited. Yeah. And, you know, then the next time I spoke to her afterwards, she said, how are you feeling? And I said, I'm feeling really excited because it feels like this is where the roads have been leading. Yes, yes. You know, and we've got those stages in our lives. So, you know, the traditional stages, there's maiden, mother, crone. (laughs) So I'd been maiden and then I'd had my children and become mother. And for those that are child-free by choice, there are other ways to mother that might not Mm. look like mothering. And then there's the next stage, which is crone, the wise woman. And we get frightened of the word crone because, you know, the patriarchy have um, really done a number on um, what women together are and made it sound like a nasty, evil thing. And 
I was talking to my other best birth buddy because Maisie was a doula when we first met. Yes, yes. At yes. Nicola Goodall, who runs Red Tent Doulas. And I said mm-hmm. to her, I think I've, I'm coming to the end of attending births. And if any of my previous clients are listening who are still planning on that one more baby, don't worry. You're not yeah, in that list. You're covered. <laughs> you're covered. And I said to her, I really feel I'm coming to the end of that. And she said, well, that's because you're embracing your crone. You're now mm. fully ready to step into wise woman and teacher. Mm. Mm. And I am. And it just feels like it's exactly where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I think you, you, here you are, you're 53, you, you've started something new and it's evolved organically. You are completely aligned with your purpose. Yeah. And it, it mm-hmm. seems like a really stupid question, but like, h- how is midlife for you? It, it, are you? Are you loving it? <laughs> well, well, some of it, right? No, Not no. All of it. It's like, uh, I'm a black woman. I don't look 53. No. So people are constantly telling me, are you sure? And I'm like, well, if I do the maths, then yes. But, you know, I said... Receipts, Mars. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) And I say, well, I said, you know, I feel 27. And they're like, so what are you going to do when your son hits 27? Well, he's 27 and he's 28 in December, which means my son's going to be older than me in December. And I'm not quite sure, <laughs> not quite sure how that works. And as I said to you earlier, I'm halfway down the stairs. And I'm like, 53? How the fuck did I get to 53? Because <laughs> I don't feel 53. I'm enjoying the vast majority of it because I've, I've never worried about age and numbers I've always celebrated. I think I'm still celebrating turning 50 because I do think the decades deserve a decade worth of celebration, you know. (laughs) And I've watched friends that have sort of cried when they left their teens, cried when they left their 20s. And I'm like, why are you crying when everything that we... I remember talking to a friend on a tube once and we were sat there and we were looking at some young people laughing around and we said... Oh, bless them. There's so much about sex they still haven't discovered. Uh, I, would, I would not go back there. I would not go back exactly. to the 20s or 30s. No and, way. And it's like with every, you know, passing year or decade, I mean, the fact that, A, we're still here at this age when mm-hmm. it wasn't that long ago when the menopause was pretty much the end of a woman's life, mm-hmm. you know, and she didn't progress much further than that before dying. But... I don't know. It feels like the world is so much more open to us, particularly as women, to mm. be older because we haven't allowed been allowed to be older. And because we haven't been allowed to be older, we have resented getting older because everyone looks for the fresh young thing. Mm. But when you embrace your crone, the wise woman, the teacher, you're like, but of course mm. that's where I want to be the wise mm. woman, the, the teacher, the one that has all these young people sat at their feet saying, yeah. teach me, how do, how do I get to that place? Mm. I have many intergenerational friendships. A couple of my most favourite and closest friends are in their early 20s, Yeah, you know, right. and I laugh at them all the time. I think, oh, 
we did uh, an online pub quiz. A pub quiz, we're going to say. We did an online pub quiz because they really wanted to do this. And they were like, oh, my God, you're getting all of these answers right. I'm like, it's the 80s, mate. It's just the 80s. And they're like, and they're looking at me like, the what? And I'm like, oh, my God. You know, I, I did so much. I was married and I started having children before oh, you no. were born. Yeah. You know, of course. And but it's just lovely. So I've been finding it. I don't know. I just like it. And I think it's maybe the evolving, yeah. allowing myself to yes. evolve. Yeah. Yeah. Have you had that uh, that thing where you're just sort of less concerned about being about tolerating poor behaviour from others, or staying quiet when you see it? So my my, that... my um, current catchphrase, I say current catchphrase, it's been my phrase for a while. I think it started at forty actually. Is I'm fifty and fuck it. Yes. <laughs> so I just, I mean, look, the work that I do, you know, I'm still going to do the birth activism even as I'm doing the coaching, mm, is I'm talking to groups of people about mm. what it means to be black in the maternity system, what it means to be at a five times higher risk of death in the perinatal period. And someone says to me, you're really quite blunt, aren't you? Because I realise that I sort of start my conversations and say, listen, I don't have time for white mm. fragility and white no, discomfort no. and centering and saviorism yes. etc yes because yeah, black yeah. women are dying and you've got two choices step up and stand or mm. sit down and get the fuck out of the way you yeah. know and, and I, the first time i said it, it was like oh that was nice oh yes yeah. beautifully <laughs> liberating to simply just say what it was that i was thinking and feeling in that moment and actually that made the most impact because people were yeah. saying, well, I'm not racist at all. I said, I'm not interested in your non-racism because mm -hmm. non-racism mm -hmm. simply means you can swim in a pool of racism and say, but I'm all right because yeah. I'm not. But anti-racism makes you get out of that pool and turn to the pool and do something to change that water. Yeah, yeah you know? absolutely. And so anti-racism is a, is a movable, evolving thing. And I feel that that's how... I am, oh, Jill Scott, I think it is, one of my favourite um, mm. singers, sings, um, oh, maybe it's India Irie, sings, life isn't the destination, it's the journey. Mm. Yeah. And actually, it's true, because the destination is dead. Um, so, <laughs> and life is mad. <laughs> yeah, you know, the two <laughs> things we all have in common, birth, yes. death, um, you know, and just the moving along. And actually... I read years ago, oh, The Secret History of Tractors in the Ukraine or something. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. And, yeah, she, yeah. and the, the Ukrainian wife sort of turns to her husband and says something like, man grow old and die in chair, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and I thought, oh, I don't want to be grow old and die no. in chair. No. I want to keep moving and doing things. And I don't have time or the energy to envy people who are in their 20s and 30s because I've God, been man. there yeah. and I've yeah. done that and I enjoyed that but yeah. fucking hell 50s great yes yeah you know and then oh, I've got so friends glad. in their 60s who are like oh if you think 50s good I'm like oh my god oh, really <laughs> oh marvelous oh god because like me they're not man grow old and die in chair no no yeah. you know yeah and so they're still they're still doing things and 
it was a couple of years ago that I realised why my older friends had suddenly turned to herbalists and things. Because actually they suddenly went, do you know, this isn't about being skinny. This isn't about being the perfect this or whatever. Yeah, no. This is about making sure that I look after this temple because I'm a bloody goddess. Yes, mm. absolutely. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, absolutely. oh. So now I'm like, oh, let's, let me just have a little, just have a little look at these... Um, herbs and things because I knew because in my mind it's like but that's a bit old though but now it's like that's not old now you're burning sage it's not old it's wise I am I am (laughs) excellent excellent. I'm wearing my rose quartz crystal you know (laughs) but I just I don't know I just keep Mm. thinking there's there's so much more of life to be doing and to be living. And I kind of made yeah. the decision that I'm not actually going to die till I'm 108. Um, oh, good. And what, what I'm going to, so I'm, you know, not even quite halfway there yet. And what I'm going to do <laughs> is have a huge birthday party on the, the night before my 108th birthday, you know, and I'll probably be in a chair rocking a hip or something. And it will be a par- birthday party come living funeral. And then I'm going to go up to I'm going to go upstairs after midnight, and I'm going to wake up dead. That's what I've decided. Yes. That's the plan. Oh. That's the plan. Good to have a plan. Good to have yes, a plan. It's good to have a plan. Yeah, you absolutely. know. But to get there, I need to be living, and I really do love people, and I do really love love women, and mm. seeing them grow and evolve and change, and I see and I know because of my own experience as a black woman. I know how much society tries to hold me back as a woman. Mm-hmm. I know how they work even harder to hold me back because I'm black. I know that white women, when they say women, mean white women. Mm-hmm. When they say mm-hmm. feminism, they mean white feminism. And they don't see the intersectionality. Or they say, no, no, it's not about black. It's about women. And it's like... If you silence the black woman's voice, then you're not speaking for all women. Well, you're that's just the equivalent of all subset. lives matter, isn't it? That is the exactly. equivalent of all lives matter. I mean, I, uh, again, like so much as so much anti-racism education I've had over the last sort of six weeks or so, and the tone policing and microaggressions, and yeah, um, you know, I've reached this age of being forty-two and just not really understood it uh, in the way that I do now, and. and therefore be able to call it out yeah and, and be able to have the vocabulary and the understanding to know to know what's going on exactly and realizing that this isn't these aren't changes that we can all make instantly and people say to me yeah but what if i get it wrong and i'm like well so what if you get bloody wrong everybody gets everything wrong but all it's done <laughs> all of this this work has done all of this thoughts we so we make mistakes and people go oh i'm afraid to make a mistake and it's like but we learn in the mistakes mm. and actually and what i've said to people for years is you have a choice is this going to be your stumbling block or your stepping stone Brilliant. Are you going to fall over it or are you going to stand on it and just yeah. launch yourself into the next bit? And that's why coaching makes sense to me. So having Maisie now officially as my coach and having mm. one other coach to just talk and think about the things that I'm doing and why I want to do them and how to make them a reality. And to me, it's not about making tons and tons of money, though, of course, making tons and tons of money, no one could really complain about that. But it's about <laughs> it's about watching transformation. It's about learning from my own transformation, the way that I'm actually able to embrace being 53 and 
not being frightened of the fact that in a few months I'll be 54, you know, and embracing the fact that my perimenopause is leading me towards menopause and to the wonderful life afterwards, you know, and planning to wake up dead on my 108th birthday, things like that. You know, it's just, I don't know. It just yeah. makes my soul come alive thinking about talking with people. I've got one client who says to me, oh, she said, um, the thing is, Mars, what you've done is you talk to my little my little inner voice and you're its champion and you're its cheerleader and you yeah. keep bringing it to the front so that I'm starting to make the decisions that I've always wanted to make, do the things that I've yeah. always wanted to do uh, because that little voice has you behind it as its champion who's you're not on afraid the to... you're yeah. on the volume switch you're turning yeah. it right up absolutely and um you know and she said and you're there just telling it sometimes to think about itself go sit down and take a minute and think about yourself yeah. okay yeah. now let's move forward you know and yeah. oh, that was a really lovely compliment that she said yeah, that. wonderful uh, so uh, to find out more about um, so it's one-to-one support at, is it online at the moment or face-to-face how does it, it so at the moment it's online yes it's online yeah. and okay. there yeah. and there are two ways that i'm coaching i'm doing one-to-one coaching and the one-to-one coaching is at this moment is specifically for black women who uh-huh have reached a place and want to move just a little further forward. And they get into a, or more than a little way forward, and they go into a closed group where they can be with other black women. So they're yes. in a nice, nice safe space yeah. where they can talk about how they're feeling and why and give each other peer support. And then the other offering that I have is group coaching, and that's very much a mixed group and it's a, a monthly thing again with a closed forum where they could give each other peer support and we can talk through issues and challenges etc and they get a monthly coaching call and that's where I've sort of started mm. because you know my passion really is that I think it was Angela Davis once said um, I saw her at the South Bank the WOW Festival And she said, white women are bothered and worried about the glass ceiling when black women don't even know if the floor beneath them is stable. Mm. Yeah. And so that's Mm. where I want to start. I want to start with those women. Because did you know, I think it's 47% of entrepreneurs are black women. Wow. Wow. No. We are the the largest group of entrepreneurs so women are the largest group of entrepreneurs but 47 percent yeah as black women and it's like yeah wow yeah do you know what it's funny she said because i've joined i've started following uh black pound day on instagram um, yes and actually uh you know the the next black pound day is on the first of august and i'm uh, i mean not that i wouldn't spend money with black businesses until then um but i've noticed everyone's getting themselves ready to do that and i'm researching the stuff that i need because it 
you know, again, this is sort of a blanket thing of like, I go on Amazon and I order something because I need it and I feel dirty, I feel ashamed, I feel guilty. But it it comes by nine (laughs) o'clock and you kind of... Literally (laughs) there. Yeah. (laughs) So that's my own stuff that I need to deal with. I might have to work through that. I might actually need coaching and therapy through that. Um, But no, uh, just with a little bit more of research and a little bit more organisation and a bit of time, which you've got between now and then, and you look at these businesses... And they are majority uh, women-owned, black businesses that are yeah. women-owned. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, it, it's, um, it, yeah, it, it, they, they need the, the support and the... Um, yeah. it's, it's just about being conscious, even if you... Own, yeah. So I've seen lots of sort of backlash. Well, if you do that, what will happen to the rest of the economy? It's like, how short-sighted do you have to yeah, be <laughs> not to see that by spending your money here, one it enriches a community but what did that community do with their riches they spend it spend it yeah mm. it, it, and so like, the whole economy thing, isn't it yeah sorry mars no no you're, i mean i t- you need to interrupt me otherwise you know people say <laughs> and thank you for tuning into the mars show we're hoping she allows us to speak next time <laughs> Not at all, not at all. Oh, but uh, you know, thank thank you ever so much for you know coming on today and uh, you know and, and you know giving us your your time. time absolutely, and... it's been so nice to talk to you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, and, and to and... you, I feel like we've just started. I know, <laughs> I know. That is the annoying thing. <laughs> regular we'll regular again, spot, regular contributor yes, spot. Absolutely. I think. Yeah, yeah. I just think you know we're we're going through. A change. I hope mm-hmm. we're going through a change in society and in our consciousness. And of course, there's going to be a lot of backlash to that, and people throwing around slogans and phrases and saying, "Oh, it's all just a political this." That. But there's hardly anything in life that isn't political, frankly. Mm. Um, and being a, a black woman is an act of political warfare, as it is. But I just think, rather than thinking about this as a moment in time, we do need to think of it as a movement. Mm-hmm. And it's a, and movements are no good if they get static, if we only sort of do the one thing. So I really love that you're already looking ahead and doing research for what am I gonna do on Black Pound Day? But it's, yeah. it's that and it's everything else. It's the, how do we keep moving forward as a people. I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and say, do these things and we'll have world peace because I'm not <laughs> an idiot. Yeah, it'd be nice if I went to bed on my 108th birthday and it was there. Yes. You know, otherwise I might have to, I might have to, I might have to stay alive a little bit longer and sort it out. But, you know, I think it's, it, all of this is about movement. For me, the coaching work, the being with people, it's all about movement. Where are you now? How do yeah. you Im- improve on that, deepen that? How do you become the you you want to be and you and I love that phrase that you used earlier how do you turn up the volume on you mm-hmm. you know because I think that's so important and I just think if we if we recognize that we're all going to fall over and stumble but we help each other up or we hold our hands up and go yeah crap mistake sorry mm-hmm. saw yeah. it as I did it or oh my goodness I didn't even see it thank you for letting me know here is yep. my change, yeah. then I think we'll do okay. Thanks so much, Mark. Oh, I've had so much fun. I, go if, on, if we do this again, though, could we do it in the evening so I can I can yes. legitimately sit with a glass of red Absolutely. as we talk? Absolutely. Because <laughs> I'm at yes. that point in the conversation where I'm like, oh, I could just murder. Just, oh, wait, it's, just it's, it's, it's not quite 11am. <laughs> no. <laughs> 
that was good, yep. wasn't it? It was, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that. Mm. She's just, she's such a, she's so articulate and so, like, inspiring. Yeah, yeah, indeed, indeed. And I'm also excited about next week because we've got Dr. Leah Lease, haven't yep. we? Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, so she's... Uh, a don't psych- say that we don't do anything for you. <laughs> you look, you know, you're getting banged for your buck on this Absolutely. one, aren't you? So if anybody has... Um, young children or teenagers um this is a really good episode for you because it's all about talking with your children about sex and uh relationships self-confidence um and if it's something that you know you feel a little bit awkward about yeah this you know next week's episode is really going to give you a bit of a heads up um and understanding why it's really important that you don't just bury your head in the sand yeah as always like share comment subscribe yes and if you yeah if you've got any um anything you want to hear us gas on about get in touch yeah all of our details are in the show notes um so you can get in touch with either of us there Bye. bye produced by louise daniels visit louise-daniels.com Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.